squad mates! Welcome everyone to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. Today is Thursday, so you know what that means. We are going to be breaking down This Week in Gaming. We are a podcast of two dads who love gaming. Uh, we love getting together twice a week. We have hour-long episodes on Mondays and half-hour episodes on Thursdays where we talk about what we've been playing for the last week along with a little bit of gaming news. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast in Apple Podcasts, and you can also subscribe on Patreon by going to MultiplayerSquad.com. We have been releasing two Quick Take episodes every week, and we've been doing that for quite a while now, so there's a whole backlog. So if you end up subscribing in one of those two ways, you will get access to, I believe we currently have about 42 Quick Takes available, so you'll be able to catch up on tons of old content that you'll have access to if you subscribe in one of those ways. I am your uh, host, Paul, who is very disco. And then joining me, I have my not-so-disco co-host, Lieutenant Kim Kitsuragi would be very disappointed in him. It's my co-host, Josh. I don't know anything you just said, Paul. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming okay. that it's going to make sense here in just a little bit. Other than the fact that I do not like disco. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't either. Disco music, for me, it's, it's that in country. Those are the two that just never really vibed with me really at all. I, I don't even... Cons- when people ask you, like, what brand of music, like, what genre of music do you like, I don't ever consider disco to even say that. Uh-huh. Like, I'm with you. I don't like country. You know, like, I'm uh-huh. like, eh, there's one or two country songs, maybe. But yeah, I think from now on, when somebody asks that, I'm just gonna say, yeah, I hate disco. <laughs> and then they're gonna <laughs> look at me funny and be like, like, what? <laughs> like, why would you say that? But it's gonna be a great response, so. Oh, man. Yeah, you know, so last time we did This Week in Gaming, I, or maybe I mentioned it, I don't remember whether or not I did on the show, but I talked about how I never finished Disco Elysium and how I dropped it when we had started the podcast, because I had to only play stuff that we were playing for the pod. So I finally reinstalled it, and I did end up beating it here this week. So I know that you have not played Disco Elysium. We've talked about it a little bit. You know, the game's very famous for being very similar to like a tabletop game. So there's dice rolls. It's an RPG. There's also no combat. It's very dialogue-driven. Uh, I mean, I'm not too sure, like, what, what do you think I should tell the people about Disco Elysium? Or do you have any questions about I it? I do, because you did mention that you had started playing it again. I had mentioned that I see it at the top of the lit, like, lists when people talk about some of the best RPGs that they have played. Mm-hmm. And I, that, you know, piques my interest because I love RPGs, but then I get a little hesitant when they go, yeah, there's no combat. It's kind of like just conversation. There are perks and traits and stuff like that. So it is an RPG-ish type game, but don't expect like your standard stuff. But then people just gush over this game. They're just like, it's a masterpiece. There's no other RPG like it. It's This is the number one RPG of the last decade. And then I start to go like, oh, I want to play that. But then I read other people that go, this was the most boring game I think I've ever seen. And then I go, oh, I don't want to play that. And then so you did. I did say, Paul, if you tell me this game's incredible, I might go out and pick it up. So, okay. well, first of all, it's still currently on Steam sale as of the last I saw. So if you're going to pick it up, now would be the time. I really loved it. 
Now, I will say 100%, I totally understand why some people would literally hate this game. The The lack of combat is rough. It is very much like reading a novel. There are entire maybe one to three minute sections where you are reading descriptions of the weather and what things look like. And I totally get why that would bore a lot of people. But I think for the people that it works well for, it works really, really well, which is why the people who like it really, really love it. I think if I was trying to like describe it to someone, like you've seen the movie Inside Out, right? Yes. Where the, the kids Pixar? got like these different emotions. I may that have all... cried at that movie, Paul. Oh, well, of, of course. I mean, yeah. every Pixar movie, right? So you've got like anger and sadness and, you know, they're all like personified and they all have their own personality, which acts like that emotion. Well, one of the Steam reviews that I saw in Disco Elysium said that Inside Out walked so Disco Elysium could run. Because Disco Elysium has, I want to say something like 20 or 24 different traits that you can stick points into. But those things will all talk to you exactly like Inside Out. Except you physically hear it because your character is going insane. So, so like, can you get got- like a sarcasm trait? And then... <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, kind of. Super sarcastic to you. (laughs) Like, oh, that was a really smart decision. (laughs) Oh, 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 absolutely. Yes. All of these traits, they tell you what to do, what not to do, and it's all based on that trait. So there's things in this game like logic, reaction speed, visual calculus. So if you see like footprints in the mud, you can have it do a check against your points in visual calculus to try to read the boot prints. And so if you succeed, it might help you in your case as a detective as you try to solve this murder. But some of the best parts in Disco Elysium is when you fail those checks and then the characters just do hilarious things. Your visual calculus might rip on you. So you hear inside your head, you idiot, what made you think you'd be able to read this? There's at least a dozen (laughs) boot prints here, you moron. And so it'll actually like make fun of you and talk to you, which is hilarious. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's not terribly long. I could see you really loving this game if you were in the right mindset. Like, as long as you know what you're signing up for, I think there's a lot of fun to be had. But the first one to two hours are so confusing because you're a detective with amnesia. And so you literally jump into this game not knowing who you are, why you're in the city, and you don't understand the city's politics and you start to learn all these things and eventually it makes sense but it's a really rough go early on just a slow start yeah see i you know i number one i love to read i read novels all the time you know i've always been a big fan of reading so reading in a game doesn't put me off by any means and if it really helps to add to the atmosphere or, you know, just enhance the game, then then great. Now, one thing I don't do is if there's a game where you can find little tablets on a desk or little emails, like Deathloop, right? We talked about, we just yeah, reviewed yeah, Deathloop. Yeah. And it's like, you can get the gist of the game in Deathloop, and there are little audio files that you can find and listen to, but they don't really add a whole lot. So for mm. me, that's like a waste of time, right? I'm like, I know what's going on in the game. Like, I get that you're trying to like flesh out the world a little bit, but I don't want to find some audio recorder on a desk and then sit there and listen to it for two minutes. 
because it doesn't right. really do a whole lot. But if a game has a lot of reading, and part of that is enhancing the atmosphere and the characters, and you're getting invested in them and stuff like that, I've got no problems with that. And I don't have any problem with slower paced gameplay, like Firewatch. You've heard me talk about that game a lot. What Remains of Edith Finch. Like, There's some of these games that are much slower paced, but tell an amazing story through that. And I generally like those games a lot as well. So... <laughs> One thing that I just remembered that you might enjoy is that your clothing will also talk to you, or at least for my character, they did. (laughs) I I pumped a whole bunch of points into where I can hear objects and animals talk to me. And so I'll be like talking to objects and my partner. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no. Like for real. And my partner would say things like, You've been staring at that thing for five minutes, mumbling to yourself, like, what are we doing? But in my head, I'm having an argument with my uh, ugly necktie. So, like, literally, my little dialogue (laughs) will pop up where my necktie will start talking to me, and it gives me dialogue options back. So, the game's very funny. You actually can delve into uh, different chemicals and substances in this game i did not at all my character was just purely dealing with his own mental illness and it was already wild i can't really imagine what you would do if you actually like engaged in that side of going as a more renegade detective i might have to pick this up paul i if you (laughs) at some point down the road it would be funny if we did like a deep dive or something if we ever did something like that i would play again as a horrible detective and take bribes and punch kids and muscle people over because there's tons of options like that in this game i i you know Uh, i love an rpg this one is like i said it's a little polarizing because people either hate it and they question how anybody in the world could enjoy this or people just love it to death you know is it is it like a top 10 for you is it just like this is more novelty it's really great i like it but i wouldn't put it in the top of anybody's list or like what's your overall thinking on it it's incredibly memorable i would say it's a top five memorable rpg i i don't think i would ever replay it again and again the way that i would you know some of my other favorite ones that have more action but I think it's definitely top 10 RPGs for sure. Really? See, I love games that stick with you. I think you should check it out. I love games that stick with you for a while. I have been playing uh, the Outer Wilds DLC. Yeah, how's that been going? I freaking love it, man. It just, you know, you know, I love Outer Wilds. And see, Therein again is another game. It's funny because I was on Twitter and somebody was saying, like, hey, what's a game that I can play that, you know, I should have played, but maybe I haven't? And I, I said, hey, you know, have you checked out Outer Wilds? And they wrote back and they said, yeah, I found that game completely uh, uninspiring and boring. And mm. I kind of just went like, oh, how dare you? Like, how dare That's you have baby. an opinion? You know? <laughs> I did instantly think like, all right, Paul, whatever. Um, but the DLC is absolutely incredible. It, 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 it adds like a fear element to Outer Wilds, which I thought was super cool. People kept saying it's scary. It's not meant to be a scary game, but there's definitely these darker areas and tones that some people can find a little scary. And it's even in the menu. It says, hey, there's some scary parts in this game. You can tone that down, you know, toggle it off or whatever. Some people's idea of scary, I guess, is way different than mine. I didn't think it was scary, but it is a little creepy at times. But the DLC is absolutely incredible. I feel like it was probably 10 hours worth of DLC for like 14 bucks. 
it had the exact same everything that you could want from Outer Wilds. And I know you made fun of the music in that game. The barrel, barrel, oh, I did. Yeah, the stupid banjo song. I love the banjo. I've been walking around my house singing that song, (laughs) and my wife and and kids are going like, "What is that song you're singing?" And I'm just like, "I hate it. It's so amazing, man. It's in my head. I sing it. (laughs) I'm walking around." But no, nah, the uh, the DLC is incredible. I can't spoil anything about it because with Outer Wilds, it's all about discovery and exploration and stuff like that. But if anybody has played Outer Wilds and was questioning whether the DLC is worth it, I can tell you right now, 100%, it is incredible. It takes the game in a really good direction. I like the little bit of creepiness it added. Uh, yeah, I was having a blast with that, man. How much does that one cost? $14.99. Fourteen ninety nine. What was like, the base game? I don't remember. How much did we pay? Twenty nine. Twenty or thirty. I feel like it was like twenty. It might have been thirty or thirty. Yeah, somewhere around there. Maybe somewhere. it was either twenty nine yeah. or thirty nine. But the DLC is like ten hours, and so for fifteen bucks, man, ten hours worth of entertainment is a good deal. And especially the fact that it's just so well done. One thing I didn't even realize because I accidentally uh, erased my saves for Outer Wilds. I didn't know if like when you're playing the DLC, like if you need to just start fresh or not. So I erased my old save game and then it lets you just hop straight into the DLC. But if you have, it ties in basically. So not to overcomplicate things, but if you play the DLC and you play the base game, you can do certain things in the base game and go to the DLC and it will affect things in the DLC as well. So it's not like completely standalone, which is neat, um, but it's not a requirement to have played the base game at all like you could in theory just jump in and and just go right to the dlc without any previous knowledge either which i thought was kind of neat how they incorporated everything yeah that's very clever i like when it's not just a complete standalone like that like for me i always think about mass effect like you have your dlc you go to your little terminal and you say yes i want to start this and now you're just on a totally separate four hour mission and then you just come back and you play the main game so that's kind of neat that you can kind of bounce back and forth a little and that they affect each other yeah yep there's endings that you can get if you go back through the main game having played part of the dlc so you can like leave the dlc go back to the main game and then go back to the dlc and it will change some of the endings in the dlc which i thought was a really (laughs) cool step that was neat (laughs) <laughs> nice uh i i and i think we're gonna spend uh, most of our time here today just talking about what we've been playing i feel like you and i have been diving into a lot of stuff lately i tried to download and play skyrim <gasps> because we talked yes, about the elder Paul. scrolls i played oblivion once when it first released i played skyrim once when it first released so forever ago and you and michael you know gushing about it in our last draft and tournament episode i wanted to play it again and for the life of me, I could not get the game to run correctly. It was a little bit of a nightmare. What? So I would start the game, and you know, you get the famous opening, right, yep. when you're in the cart, and my screen is spinning like wild, and I can't get it to stop. It's almost like if a controller was plugged I in. I was just about and to it was say, unplug down. your controller, right? <laughs> That's the very first thing I looked for. That was not it. And I couldn't get it to run. And I'm like, well, how do I search this? So I'm trying to Google Skyrim PC camera keeps moving, but like, I'm not getting any real hits. You want to know what it was? You know what I finally figured out? Uh, Running it on higher frame rates than 60 frames per second breaks the in-game physics. So my cart was spinning off into space 
and flying around like mad because I'm trying to run it on a 144 hertz monitor. You can what? run it. You've got to adjust the INI files and you've got to do all of these crazy workarounds to get Skyrim to work right. But it took me about 40 minutes of Googling before I finally figured all of that. That out. is a bit worst. of a nightmare. Is it not the worst to just you go to play a game and <laughs> so something's goofy. not working and then you're like, what the heck is yeah. this, man? <laughs> yeah. And I thought, I thought it was something I did. So I, I just like shut it down and restarted and then it was still doing it. And so I tinkered with like, my uh camera sensitivity i thought maybe it was just some kind of glitch but yeah what a nightmare and then also i did dive into the writer's republic demo oh so we did talk a little bit about that game a while ago but we haven't talked I about forgot it recently. about that game it, so you yeah. played the demo i did i downloaded it on my ps5 oh, it's do the tell, only thing Paul. i'm curious it's the o- <laughs> It's the only thing I've played on my PS5 in the last two months. Uh, but I did play it. My my son downloaded it for me and was playing, and then uh, I jumped in as well. So did you ever play, and this is a total shot in the dark, do you remember ESPN Extreme Sports on PlayStation way back in the day? No. No? So that was where you could do, like, bike ra- races or skateboard or luge racing, things like that. So this is kind of just the 2021 version of that. Like you've got all of these different modes. You can race on bikes, which is just like a straight up racing game. You pass through the checkpoints, you know, and you're racing against tons of other people. You get the the wingsuits. So that you're literally like a jet yeah. flying through the air, which is really fun. You get your checkpoints in the air and you're racing around that way. And then you also can do skiing where you do tricks like Tony Hawk. So you do different button combos and you get, you know, your tricks in. I actually thought it was really fun. It kind of made me want to buy it when it comes out later this week. Is it just racing though? Like, is it just, oh, go through this checkpoint and that checkpoint and try to make it to the end? Like, is it a racing game? Is, I guess that's my question because I've seen video. We've talked about it. We've both kind of said, Hey, this is a game that we need to check out, but I have not played it. And I'll be honest, I kind of forgot about it. And. I do enjoy racing games. Like I, I kind of got hyped up for the Hot Wheels Unleashed, but then people said it really needs more content. You kind of get tired of the the same four or five tracks after a while, and it's just racing. There's really not much else going on. But with Riders Republic, with all of the different things, you know, they like you said, they show wingsuits and bikes and you know whatever. I feel like there's like five or six different like vehicles or something. <laughs> I don't know if it's a yeah. bike, a vehicle. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Vehicles. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, I think they call it a massive multiplayer sports game. So you can play against like 50 other people. I think it's a really neat concept. I, I, I remember seeing the initial videos and thinking that might be a lot of fun, but I kind of feel like they're probably not going to get it right. And then I kind of forgot about it. It was kind of in the back of my mind. And then in playing the demo, for the first like one minute, the bikes handle kind of goofy. Like it's not like really tight, responsive racing like you might get from some games. But once it kind of like just calibrated in my brain, it was a ton of fun. So I don't know. At some point, if we run out of games, this one might be worth covering because we've never really done a sports game as a deep dive. But this one has so much content and there's so much multiplayer built in. It it could end up working well. That's the so, part that interests me. We'll have to see. Because have you ever seen the uh, 
it's the crew, I think is the name of it. And that's basically what this game reminded me of is you can race in a plane, you can race in a car, you can race on like a four wheeler. And that's basically what you do is just pick which vehicle you want to race with. And then the, you get to kind of run through a track like that, whether it's through the air, through checkpoints or on road or whatever. I think I got the crew for free or maybe I tried it and then I wound up going, yeah, this is just, you know, it's the same race, but with a different skin, it almost felt like. Yeah. So I kind of just, I guess, blew it off or maybe I didn't give it enough of a chance. But <laughs> the multiplayer component sounds great because if you can get a bunch of friends playing it, that's where the competition sets in. And you know, I love me some competition. <laughs> yeah. And like, I did not pick up the Tony Hawk remastered games and I have not bought a racing game in forever, but I kind of felt like, well, if you're going to give me all those in one package, maybe that's where I actually would buy it. That's coming out uh, soon but I don't know. too, isn't it? I feel like it's coming out in November. I think it's in like a week. Yeah. I think it's very soon. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting, Paul. We'll we'll have to keep an eye on it. No, yeah. I guess we'll have to let the people decide. So, because we, I, <laughs> I do enjoy having a good racing game from time to time. There, it's like it's unlike any other game. So when you really like, man, I want something different to play. Having a fun racing game to play is really nice to have in your game library. Um, so we might need to check that out. Yeah, I, I think we might. Well, that's funny, man, because and- I picked up inscription which we talked about during our steam next fest i've only played it for maybe 40 minutes so far but i'm really enjoying it this is why i love the next fest man we try these games i had not heard of inscription until then inscription is getting overwhelmingly positive reviews on steam people are absolutely and this is one of those games where i was like man i don't know how this game's going to be received like is it just for people like me that like card-based games is it just because it's you know October and people like spooky games and they're looking for what, but the reception to Inscription so far has been phenomenal. I have very much enjoyed my forty minutes so far. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You yank any teeth out yet? I have not. I have not. But now it's stuck <laughs> in my head too that you told me about that, and I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've hovered my mouse over those pliers a couple times, uh, and then yeah. I just go like, I don't know that I want to see this, man. <laughs> teeth, teeth things oh, bug me out a little it. bit. So, oh, I do too. Yeah, yeah. Like I hate <sighs> dreams when your teeth oh, grind or, or fall disappear. Out or it's something, the worst. Or, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I don't know. So. Oh goodness. Well, uh, we got a few minutes here. Let's talk about a little bit of news. I think my favorite news story of the week is that there was a PvP glitch that people were using inside New World, which is the Amazon MMO. People figured out that if you ran it in windowed mode and started moving your window, it made you invulnerable (laughs) during PvP. (laughs) And so people were using this to bug out the PvP matches which is such a funny, specific bug to me. I would never think that moving a windowed screen would make a player invulnerable. How? What in the coding of that is... Like, somebody had to put that in the code, where it's like, hey, you know what, guys? Let's make it where if somebody's going from full screen to windowed mode, that they get a few frames of invulnerability so that they don't die while they're doing that, right? But then leave it to people to figure out glitches and bugs... And it's funny because you had mentioned this and then I pulled up some video and apparently there's yeah. like some huge PVP fight going on 
where you see everybody's just bashing everybody, but then all of a sudden, like six guys on the enemy team just stop and <laughs> they can't get killed. And because you can't kill them, you can't win the fight, which means you can't like lose your territory. I don't know if they were trying to take over the territory or what, but that's just the goofiest bug ever. It's one of my favorite bugs that I've ever heard about. For it's windowed great. mode. And then you're just seeing, yeah. like, the guy's demonstrating, and he's just yoinking his window around, man. <laughs> he's just like, all right, let me <laughs> let me move this small little window around everywhere. And oh, I don't man. know how these... I don't know anything about programming, but number one, why they programmed that into the game, and then how people found that is just nuts, man. And then way to go to find a way to exploit that and just completely trigger your enemies in that game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, MMOs always end up with glitches because these games and maps are just so big, but that one literally made me laugh because when I saw there was an invulnerability bug, I figured someone's messing with game files or someone's running some kind of script along with it. But no, it's literally just, you know, swing your window around your screen and now you're invulnerable. Uh, we also have some other news. We haven't really talked a whole lot about the GTA Trilogy Definitive Edition, which we have coming out very soon. I believe that's coming out in November as well. But we saw some video and some screenshots. Now, I don't think you ever played the GTA Trilogy, right? Or did you? I pl- I'll be honest. I remember San Andreas some. Okay. I'm pretty sure I played Vice City, but it's been so long that I really don't have any memory of it at all. And gotcha. it, like so much so that I maybe I could even say like maybe I've never played Vice City. I'm pretty sure I have, but I don't remember it whatsoever. Um the funny thing is we kind of talk about the have you I'm sure you've seen the videos where they compare the original to the remaster, like the graphics yes. because uh, let's be honest, right? A remaster does a couple things. It hopefully improves controls. So old school controls that don't work so well, maybe they don't port to PC so well or something like that. Maybe a UI. So a little bit of quality of life stuff is usually a focus of a remaster. And then the graphics, because that's, I mean, let's be honest, what people want. They want to see, you know, San Andreas or Vice City with, you know, 2021 graphics. And I had to laugh so hard, Paul, because Somebody on Reddit posted like, hey, graphical comparison for the originals versus the remasters. And of course, I was like, all right, well, let's see how much better they made these games look for 2021. And I legitimately could not tell a difference in the graphics. And that's... It's it's a little (laughs) bit like Pam in the office with, we need you to find the difference with these two pictures. They're exactly the same Dude. picture. It's not that bad, oh, but it, it's, it's, bad. it's similar. It is it's bad. similar. I, I was looking at the because it's got the little slider line that's going back and forth, and it's like original yes. remaster, original remaster, and I'm going, what is the difference? It's like <laughs> okay. a different tone. Like the color had like a palette change, maybe. Well, and, and then I was the, just the like, color. this is the biggest scam ever, ever perpetrated <laughs> on people because they claim that they improved the graphics. And I feel like all they did was wash it through like a yellow filter or something instead. Oh. And I'm just thinking like, and they're going to sell this trilogy as a remaster for 60 bucks. <laughs> and they didn't do anything. Yes. Now, now, hold on. Okay. T- to be fair, it definitely looks better. Uh, it is not, it is not going to look like 2021 games, obviously, but I will say I did expect it to look maybe a little bit better, a little bit more refined. You and me but both. But the color scheme, 
is kind of weird because I feel like it makes the game look more cartoony, especially when you see the picture of uh, Tommy Versetti from Vice City. Like, in my mind, I remember playing so much Vice City, the game felt kind of gritty, right? Like, it was, you know, you get, like, the Miami Vice colors, but you're, you know, you're in this gritty type of world and the violence and everything. When I see especially the still frames of Tommy Versetti, he looks like a character out of The Sims. Yes. And it's really throwing me for a mind loop, like where it doesn't really make sense. It looks to me almost more like Saints Row than GTA. And it's very strange. This whole thing is weird to me. It really is. Like, I, I've made my, everybody knows that's listening how I feel about remasters, but for them to do this trilogy, which is a beloved trilogy by a lot of people, and then to put so little effort into this, I mean, let's be honest, man. Like, okay, we picked on the Diablo 2 remaster, but they really improved the graphics in Diablo 2 for the remaster. Like, they went, they actually tried to do a lot of stuff for that. I feel like they, with this GTA series, I feel like they did the absolute least amount possible so that they could call this a remaster and throw it out to the world and hope for some money. And I know people are going to snatch this up. Like, honestly, it's been so long since people have played it. People are hungry for GTA 6. GTA 5 is beautiful. I don't know what people expected, man, but I I expected more <laughs> for somebody that doesn't even care. Yeah, I just looked at these videos and I went, "What's the difference? Like, it- <laughs> why? Like, just call it a call it a trilogy. Say, hey, for the first time ever, you can buy the GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas trilogy, and then just leave it the same." <laughs> You know, well, you know, I, I, I do hope that the controls are greatly improved. If I'm able to, you know, play with more fine tuned controls, that in and of itself would be a drastic improvement. Trying to play the old ones, it's kind of like there's just like you're, you're walking very blocky, almost like you have like a D pad, you know. So if they improve that kind of stuff, that would be great. But I, I will agree with you that it does appear to be the minimum amount you can do to be able to call it a remaster without lying. Yes, <laughs> because exactly. It's not, it's not a vastly different remaster. Yeah. Uh, I, I know we're just about out of time here, but the last thing that I wanted to mention is just that we geeked out a little bit in our discord server. We got the God of war oh, coming to PC. Now you're announcement. talking my love language, Paul. Ooh, can you imagine playing this game in 4K, Dude, Josh? I, it looks so good. I am when drooling. It's not. I am drooling so bad. I, I yeah, <laughs> I knew it was coming. I didn't know when it was coming, but I knew that it was coming. But, dude, God of War for PC is going to look absolutely phenomenal. I There's not many video games that exist in this world that I have played more than once. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. I just I move on to the next thing. I want the experience of new games. I will absolutely pick up God of War for PC and play that game all the way through from start to finish and probably try to do more than I did the first time because the first time I played it, I was a little rushed because I had borrowed our friend's PS4 and I felt kind of bad. I wanted to give it back to him. But I am going to enjoy playing God of War on PC like nobody else, man. The funny thing is I literally just downloaded it on my PS5 and I played it for about an hour, hour and a half with my wife on the couch next to me. And then this news came out and I was like, all right, well, I'm not playing anymore on the PS5. I'm just going to wait now and I'll get it on PC. 
I feel like the last game that really blew me away on PC was Red Dead Redemption 2. And I can already tell God of War is going to do that. It looked so good in even just 1080p. I can't imagine running this on 4K, what it's going to look like. They've it's said gonna it's going to have 4K. It's going to have DLSS. I I mean, they're, they're really making this for PC. My only concern is sometimes PlayStation games that are ported to PC or Xbox games for that matter before, you know, everything was available on PC through Microsoft. But sometimes ports are a little wonky. Like Horizon Zero Dawn was a good example of that. I had never played it. It came out for PC. I picked it up. I thought it was fine. The game itself is great, but the port had a few issues that they had to work on over the course of like the next four months to really kind of patch up. And they did. It's perfectly fine now. But that's my only concern is like, Please make the controls responsive. Please make it for PC to where it doesn't say like press triangle to to, yeah. <laughs> to block yeah. or whatever. And I'm like, where where's triangle on my keyboard? Like, what are you talking about? Um, but yeah, I I cannot wait for that, man. I'm I totally geeked out. I drooled. I acted like a little child in our Discord server when I found out the news. <laughs> I'm very ready to play it again. So the fact that it'll be out on PC is going to be a lot of fun. So instead of playing it again on console, I'll wait and get the PC experience, which of course, you know, we know is going to be far superior. Well, I think that's all we got for today. Anything else you wanted to talk about? No, man, these go by so fast. <laughs> so fast they really do. Man. Yeah. I mean, I, we had like so many other stories to potentially talk about, but maybe here in the next couple of weeks, we might talk a little bit more about the Steam Deck. As time goes on, the more I read, the more interested I am in it. That one might be fun to talk about. And we just have, you know, so many games here around the holidays. If you have not already joined our free Discord, check out the link in the episode description. Come join us. You can come chat with me and Josh. You can chat with other people who love the show. We also release announcements there. And we love talking about a lot of this news in real time as we run across it. So if you want to, come check that out on Discord. And of course, that's completely free. And it's open to everyone there. And I think that's it. We're going to be back with a... What's our next episode? It's Shovel Knight. No, oh, that's right. It's, it's our, our deep shovel dive on Shovel Knight. So since we let the cat out of the bag, yeah. we can now talk about it in the open. You know, yeah. but yeah, we'll be doing Shovel Knight uh, for our next deep dive, and then um, we have not announced the game that Legendary T Foles picked for us. But I did actually start playing that this morning as well. Um, th- this makes me happy, man. I love having like four or five different games to play. And yeah, unless and one of them different. really sucks me in, and then I'm like, I don't want to have to play these other four games. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a good problem to have, too. Yeah, I love that you've got Outer Wilds, which is this like puzzle adventure game, and then Shovel Knight, of course, being a platformer. And the new game is, I don't even really know how to describe it. I guess it's kind of a puzzle game in a way but very different very funny it is yeah i kind of chuckle i've chuckled a few times so far so that one is is definitely has me interested as well which is neat so (laughs) all right well thanks everyone for joining us we'll be back with that shovel knight episode on monday and we'll see you guys then see you everybody (laughs) 